When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. In this episode, there are so many movies out. So we're reviewing the most popular movie, Teenage Mutant Barbenheimer. That's right. It's Interdimensional RSS. The unofficial Rick and Boy podcast. <laughs> that's, that's right. Are we? We're doing. Uh, we're doing AE, right? Yeah, it's apathetic enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh! Like this, I didn't mess up, did I? Oh my! No, 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 no. We had, this, we had uh, zero Rick and Morty content to talk about. La Cumbre Elevated IPA. It's 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 already it's already hitting the spot. Hitting hitting you, man. Hitting you hard. That that, yeah, uh, that, that yeah. Albuquerque alcohol hitting you hard. We are we are coming into this podcast loose, relaxed, with minimal preparation. Hello, everybody. I'm Travis. Hello, everyone. I am Brandon. And thank you so much for joining us today, tomorrow, whenever you're going to listen to this. We have a few things we want to get off our chest. And the first of these things is you can hit us up on Instagram at apathetic enthusiasm, I think. Doesn't matter. Apathetic underscore enthusiasm. That's right. The underscore is important. You got to underscore the importance of the underscore in apathetic yeah. enthusiasm. I'll never forget that now. I'm really curious how just straight apathetic enthusiasm is doing on Instagram. I'm about to find out. <laughs> uh, you can also ha- uh, send us an email, apatheticenthusiasmshow at gmail.com. You can find us anywhere podcasts are sold and listened to. That's not important because you're listening to us already. But yeah, the website, apatheticenthusiasm.com. Like and review. Don't. That's fine. I We might not even have any reviews. And that's, that's cool, too. Do it. Review the show. No, don't do it. Do it. No, don't do it. I don't, I don't want to see it, quite frankly. I don't want you to put a review out there. I want you to... He's using t- reverse psychology. Take your time. Don't let him win. Hurry up. The choice is yours. Don't be late in re- not reviewing our podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, we don't we don't have to talk about it. That's uh, that's all the housekeeping we have. Realistically, go to YouTube, watch our videos, like, subscribe. Oh yeah, YouTube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm. That's right. And thanks oh. to the patrons at patreon.com slash apathetic enthusiasm. That's right. Yeah, that that's that's one too. Um, well, other than that, we have no housekeeping. There's nothing else that we want to talk about. On, on housekeeping, in a housekeeping way. On housekeeping. No, that's pretty much the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate <laughs> you guys. Thanks for being here. Brandon, um, we're, we got, there's a lot of movies. A lot of movies are out right now. Yeah. There's so many movies out right now that I feel like I've gone to the movies more in the past two weeks than I have possibly ever. Um, that's not true because um, I was a teenager <laughs> once. But I feel like I've gone... Definitely more in the last two weeks than uh, ever. This side of oh, this side of the right. pan- pandemic, right? This yeah. side of COVID. Sure. This is the the most I've frequented the theater. Okay. And and so we're going to talk about some movies, but before we do, I want to ask you a question. Have you heard the buzz 
about a little app, an iPhone application. It's probably available on other platforms as well called letterboxd are you are you in on the letterbox yeah. are you doing the thing are I'm, you are you tagging I'm, the views i am aware of letterbox um matt hurt a fellow twilight zone podcaster he has his uh he has his show um he uh, his he, he does uh film critic reviews like he's he's been doing that for for years and years and years yeah. and he is on letterbox all the time uh putting his thoughts out there and you know that's how i've heard about it and as much as I love movies, I, I do love movies. I don't watch nearly as many new movies or movies as I should, as I should, as a, as a, as a cinema file. I don't feel like I do enough to warrant the hardcore cinema file, cinema file, a cinephile. I don't know why I put the uh. cinnamon bun file, <laughs> uh, but, but, but something tells me that you in fact do have a letterbox. Something tells me. As of like the last week, I do. Uh, I've been influenced by the social internet. Um, I realize a personal realization in my life. Okay. I love data. I love tracking data. I love tracking data about myself. That's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird Olympic game. Like you got, you got the shot put, you got the tracking data. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love the tracking data. Um, so whether that's like my fitness, with like a calculator, my sleep, I started tracking my sleep um, with my Apple Watch, and then we talked about it a little bit in the past. How I started like tracking my hydration, which yeah. I have honestly since Comic Con been very bad about. Uh, it's it's almost like hanging out with you ruined the streak for me. Um, <laughs> but let's have another margarita, Travis. Uh, Ooh, I gotta, I gotta tell the llama what I'm drinking. Um, and you, and you don't want to be shamed by the llama for for no, drinking alcohol. Can't have any llama shame. <laughs> so, but but with movies, Letterbox is interesting to me because I don't think I'll ever be the person that's like, let me post my detailed review about this film on Letterbox that two people will ever read if I'm lucky. But for personal tracking, for me to be able to sort of keep a diary, which is that's what it's called in the app, is a diary of films that you watch. I think that's interesting. I've seen several people online that will log a film every time they watch it in Letterboxd. So even if it's a movie they've seen numerous times or it's a film that they revisit, they go back and and maybe they watch it a year ago and they rate it five stars and then they watch it, you know, a year later and they're like, oh, maybe it was actually four. Like maybe my tastes have changed. And so it's this ongoing diary about your thoughts on film and, and the movies you've watched. And to me, that's interesting. Yeah. That's the aspect of it that I like to be able to say, have I seen that movie? I don't know, let, me, let me go look it up. Or or stuff like that. Here's it's question. like a personal IMDb. Here's a question for you, Travis. Are you are you only starting with the movies that you've watched recently, or are you gonna go back maybe some period of time and be like, you know what? I know that I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy three this year. Like maybe you go back to 2023 and be like, let me start there. So so it's really interesting because when you sign up for the app, 
it tries to get like an idea of your tastes or something like that. So it starts with a bunch of popular movies and it asks you, have you seen this? If you have, what do you rate it? And it just goes through a bunch of them, right? So I'm, I open the app. Oh, um, haven't seen Predator. I don't, you know, skip it. Predator. Nope. Skip. Uh, Robocop three. Pitch, per- pitch seen perfect. It. Seen it twenty times. Five stars. Right. Like, Robocop two. So I'm just go- haven't haven't seen it. Uh, but that's the one with the kid in the nuke, right? And it's like, yeah, okay, that's Peter Weller didn't come back for that one, right? Yeah, okay, I did see that one. Okay, you're right. So. So I go through a bunch of these and I'm rating Robocop. a bunch of these. I did see Robocop. <laughs> I did see that one. I know I know that I saw that one. That's when he becomes Robocop. That's where he comes back from the future and tries to kill John Connor, right? Wait, That's Robocop. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of, of Robocop three, which was written by Frank Miller, the famous comic writer. Uh, but also right. he wrote Robocop versus Terminator, the graphic novel. I don't know if you know this, Travis. You would you would know that if you had seen that movie on Letterboxd. Yeah, that's what I, Yeah, because you watch movies on Letterboxd. That's how the app works. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Sorry, what I'm trying to say is it asked me to rate a bunch of movies. So I was like, yeah, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. I've seen this one. Ooh, I haven't seen that one. Add it to my watch list. Something I want to watch. And then I go to the app and then it says like movies I've seen. And it had... Like Ro- Robocop one- remake. The- it didn't have any of those movies. <laughs> it didn't have any of those movies in my diary. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'm just, you know, I gotta I gotta cover all of my Robocop bases here. If Letterbox isn't appreciating Robocop, I don't know if I appreciate the app. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your story. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> We're done. Thanks for watching. <laughs> I'm curious now because like it has my recent activity. Which the last three movies that I logged on here is A Man Called Otto, Monster House, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. So so you know that I signed up for this app after my Barbenheimer situation, mm-hmm. but but before my Mutant Mayhem situation. Okay. But you haven't you haven't so, did you you didn't you didn't put Barbenheimer in there. No, but so when I initially signed up, it asked, have you seen Oppenheimer? And I was like, yes, click the stars. Have you seen Barbie? Yes, click the stars. But now when I look at my diary on the app, it only has those three. Oh. Um, so maybe I need to mess with my my settings or something like that. But um, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to see if I can keep up with it a little bit. See if I can. OK, um, yeah, I'm going to play around with it a little bit. That's cool. It's That's cool. uh, it's cool. I I I like the idea of tracking what movies you watch and what what you think of them. That's kind of why we've done this podcast yeah. for ten years. Um, I might I might get the app just so I can when I'm bored I can just go in there and just go through the movies that I've seen, um, and and just and maybe put like a, a little star, maybe put like a little review to say things like. You know, I really like what Newmeyer did. I think his storytelling is very, very good, which is why RoboCop, the first one, is so good. Like, it has all of that, you know, like, uh, like ah, buy that for a dollar type type stuff in there. It's such good satire. I can I can put commentary in, in there like that. Yeah. The, ri- the writing was really me. subpar for the second and yeah. third ones. Cool. So the last movie in Letterboxd, <laughs> 
that I've that I've I've put to, in my diary is of course Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, ah. which came out this last week, and Brandon and I both went out separately to see this film. Brandon, you saw it before me, and you had nothing but glowing reviews in our Facebook Messenger chat, <laughs> saying that you loved the film, you thought it was great, you you loved it within like the first ten minutes, from what I could. I don't know. I don't know how far into the film you were when you decided to text me and in the theater, um, which, you know, sometimes heart, sometimes heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> uh, I did. I did. I did text you in the theater as the movie is. I know. I know it's a faux pas. I know you're not supposed to do it, but I was right on the aisle and right on the aisle is where the light is the brightest. And it's very distracting, actually, in that theater. Like, God, it's, it's really bright. But I felt comfortable enough with that light being so bright. And there was nobody behind me that I was like, this is this is OK. This is OK. So I, I hid yeah. the phone in my popcorn bucket. I covered it up with some some kernels and it took a straw. I took a straw uh, with like like one of those like uh, with a piece of metal down the straw as well. Right. To get that capacitance going on. Because that's that's I mean, that's, obviously, that's how it as works. one does. And and I, and I texted you that. Yeah, I I just love the artwork right off the bat. The. The the way the art is in the film is just it is maybe I love it so much because there is this aspect of amateur art to it. The the designs like it's it's good. Yeah. I, and I've heard that I've heard that co- critique or comment a few times or saying that it's like amateurish. I I think it's kind of messy, but that's not necessarily to me amateur. There's there's some it, there's some it's, lack it's, of symmetry and things like that. It's but meant I don't to know. feel. I, I mean, that's not a critique on on my part. Yeah. It, it's it's meant to feel like somebody a teenager has is like doodling in school is is kind of an artist isn't professionally trained and like that is that is how it would look like the the perf, there's no perfect circles there's no perfect angles right and sure. I and I and I like that I like that design because as amateur artists when you're just doodling like you don't want everything to be perfect you look at a a rembrandt or piece piece of art and you're like i'll never be that good and uh so tmnt kind of felt like i, I will i'll never be that good either but this is a major motion picture that i'm watching in the theaters right now yeah there's there are aspects of it initially while i was watching the film that were similar to like across the Spider-Verse type, the Spider-Verse films where certain scenes or certain multiverse locations where they really kind of go abstract with the art style. And this kind of fit in with that. And and one of the things that I really liked about the Spider-Verse films is it was okay for animation not to try and look realistic or 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 mimic reality. And I, I think that's despite whatever stylized, you know, character design you have in, in a lot of current Disney animation, for the most part, it still tries to look realistic to 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 a degree. Like and these films definitely are fine pushing the envelope with art styles to embrace the fact that it is animation and it doesn't have to look real 
to still convey the same story and and can actually like heighten the action or um increase like the emotion and things like that by by leaning into those different areas yeah um i do want i do i do want to talk more about the art i do want to talk about some of the shots of the film of course but for folks who are listening to this you haven't heard of teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem it is in fact the latest animated teenage mutant ninja turtles movie to come out since uh like was it the bay one or like out of the shadows it, maybe like five six years ago um i know there was i know there's a recent like a more one. recent nickelodeon one yeah uh, I, I believe um but i for some reason it it was art style I, you, i'm not going to go in all the way into the art when i say this but it was art style that drew me into wanting to see this one versus the other ones this one there's yeah. something unique about it i'm like oh i like that that teaser i kind of want to see that i want to see what that looks like um, and so the story here is it's it's a uh, a re origin telling of the turtles in Splinter, uh, and uh, there's there's a villain that's not Shredder for for a change. So that was that that's kind of cool. But it was, but it, it's part of like the lore of Ninja Turtles as as we knew it as kids. Still, there's yeah. character from characters from our youth in the movie that really we liked seeing like you saw in the, the teaser trailer bebop and rocksteady are in there yeah um and so it's it's their story about them being kids played by kids trying to get out into the world and and not be shunned or have people be frightened of them and that's kind yeah. of the, the the story from their perspective and the villain's perspective as well yeah it was i i mean and just to preface this, I grew up on Ninja Turtles. Like, as 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 a young kid, Ninja Turtles were definitively my thing. I it wasn't GI Joe, wasn't Transformers. I Ninja Turtles were my thing for a really long time, right. and so any t- I I think that that elevates. The, the IP for me a little bit to where I'm maybe more critical about it because it it holds such a spot in my heart in my youth. Um and and yeah, I I felt like there was this aspect of the Ninja Turtles that was always especially in in the film portrayals where they're like, okay, we have to we have to heighten the ninja part, right? Because they're ninjas and they move in secret because they're giant turtles and they won't be accepted or they can't be, they can't move freely around the world because they're giant mutant turtles. They have to be secretive. And so I thought that was a really interesting spin is, is to take that idea at, at, at the beginning of this film, they're, they have to stay in hiding Leonardo's telling the other turtles, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to get this stuff. You can't be seen. Nobody's going to accept us, but really playing on that idea that that's what they want. They want to be accepted. They want to be a part of society and trying to figure out a way to do that, which I I, I feel like was never really a thing in some of the other movies that I watched uh, from, from what I can remember anyway, yeah. even though I feel like in the, an- the original animated series, 
they were way more out there. They were way more active out out in society than than I recall. Yeah, that is uh, that, a lot of the that is very very true in the original the original cartoon. Uh, one of the, one of the things they they really play up. So Jackie Chan plays Splinter in this this film. Uh, he does a wonderful job. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's so he's so, so funny. Um, and one of the aspects that they they really played up, you know, they kind of explored it in other versions of the turtles but i feel like they really uh, clung on to which is this splinter is a father and and yeah. he wants his he wants his kids to be safe he wants to take care of his kids his adopted turtle kids and he's he and, may, and maybe this is because our kids are growing up travis but there's also that aspect of like he doesn't want his sons to leave him he doesn't want yeah he kind of doesn't yeah. want them to to grow up he wants them to want to be with him and want wants them to spend time with him there's like a little scene where he, he brings him he has like a surprise party with with a bunch of pizza and yeah and it's like oh man i feel your i feel your pain splinter it, it's, it's really interesting seeing how they how they spun that character a little bit because i feel like splinter's a lot more vulnerable in in this yeah. in this telling and you talk about him being more of like a father figure i feel like in like the original cartoon or some of the other movies splinter they really play up the idea of like a sensei yeah. and like a teacher right like he's responsible for teaching them their their martial arts and 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 how to stay safe and 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 defend themselves right Yes, that that technically happens in this movie, but it's not because Splinter was the the pet rat of a, a, of a ninja master, right? <laughs> like it's it's because they watched you know kung fu videos or whatever together, and and they so they really lean more on that fatherhood aspect of it as they all train together how to defend themselves, and then ultimately that. They're, they're able to, to use that in the end. Yeah. But, they're like, um, they're, again, they're, they're, they're kids. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kids. And the thing about like the whole ninja thing, they weren't raised from baby turtles to teenage turtles as these ninja masters by a ninja master himself. They all learned it just like you're playing cowboys and didn't end native Americans or, <laughs> you know, or, or fireman or doctor, right? Like, they that's just what they latched on to. That's what yeah. Splinter, you know, bonded with them about. And so they all became good at this because they were stuck in the sewers and Splinter wouldn't let them out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of sort of the. Uh, there's a few a few other things I really like about this, but um, I want to ask you how you felt about the soundtrack for the movie. I know you're, you're a big music guy. Um, I thought, I thought it was really eclectic. Um, they had some, they had some really great tracks in here. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. How'd you feel about the music in the movie? There. Did it stand uh, out to you? I liked, I liked, I liked the music. All right. Uh, the, the Hey, yeah, by four non, non blondes. That, that, that's cool. But Chelsea pointed. They this really played up that that track in particular. <laughs> yeah. they, they really did. Chelsea pointed out to me, and I didn't I didn't realize this until after the fact, because she pointed it out to me. Uh, but she's like, the soundtrack was weird. 
I'm like, really? Why? She's like, there was more than one song about prostitution in in the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She's like, no diggity? That's about prostitution, Brandon. I'm like, really? I no diggity? She's like, no that, diggity. That that to me, that particular track stood out to me as like a weird choice because it it played behind them just like first starting to come out on their own and they were doing some some low threat crime fighting and trying to identify who this big bad was in the in the film. But and and there's a cool like action scene where they're moving through I like, like a work, eh? no diggity. <laughs> but Amelia is like and I, I feel like it almost like was in direct contrast to something that was said in, like in dialogue right beforehand to where I was just like this like like rhythmically the song works. Yeah. Lyrically feels weird. Lyrically <laughs> so, yeah. You know this this is probably not their intent, but I'll say this. We had this conversation about no diggity being in Ninja Turtles after you know, a couple days later and we all had this conversation about when we were kids, we listened to these songs and we didn't know what they were about. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I clearly, I didn't know what no diggity was about. And, and when you're kids, you, it doesn't, it doesn't register. It doesn't register at all. These Ninja Turtles are teenage. They, these are the songs that they, they probably listen to and they like, and it doesn't necessarily register. So there's a part of it that actually is like th thematically, accurate i don't think that was the intent but I'll, I'll also say the like the one of the main themes was like boom 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 which is the bass line the sliding bass line from lola which is about a <laughs> prostitute as well um, yeah, and, there you go. Yeah, uh, and there's an and there's another prostitute song that that Chelsea pointed out as well. I, I can't remember which one it is, but I'm like, what is what is your thing with prostitutes? Ninja Maybe Turtles? it's just Seth Rogen sneaking sneaking that stuff in there. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, what 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 else? What else? But, how, how did you feel about voice acting? Um, this is something that was a a topic of conversation from the first sort of teaser trailer. Obviously, a lot of talented young actors that played the Turtles themselves, but then also some really big names rounding out the cast of characters. Um, yeah, Ice Cube is Superfly. Uh, John Cena and Seth Rogen is Bebop and Rocksteady. Mm -hmm. uh, Hannibal Burris is Genghis Farag. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, a yeah, lot, Paul, of, Paul lot Rudd, of talented Mondo people. Gecko. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Natasha Dimitru uh, from What We Do in the Shadows as the the a wing nut. Wing nut. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> I don't know who uh, plays the cockroach. Who does the voice uh, acting for the cockroach? Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what did I think of the voice? I I, I like the. Let me start with the, the turtles. I already talked about Jackie Chan. Loved, loved, loved him. So funny. <laughs> Some of the things he was saying were really, really funny. And like his, like, uh, his, uh, uh, whatever his, his past when he's doing that flashback, but the turtles talking when they're interacting with each other and they're talking over each other, that such an effective mixing job where like you want to go back and you want to listen to, you want to single out each individual turtle to see what they're saying to to each other. 
And yeah. if you if you did that, you could actually hear like what this one is saying versus what this one is saying. But at the same time, they're they're talking over each other. So I love I love that <laughs> when they're when they're uh, right in front of April O'Neil and they're 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 posing and stuff like that. And like oh oh oh, oh. <laughs> so so hilarious, yeah, I, man. I I feel like the energy for the turtles right it felt they felt like teenagers right yeah. like and which which is something i feel is missing in a lot of ninja turtles content is sometimes the turtles feel like they're you Emo know turtles. early 20 ninja turtles <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah. um but these really felt like younger teenagers that <clears throat> We're, we're fun. We're struggling with things that teenagers struggle with. But this the movie didn't sacrifice action or entertainment for also working those different plot lines and, and character development. Definitely. Definitely. As far as far as it, I will say this is probably maybe the theater we, we're going to just has bad sound. But. I had difficulty and Chelsea did too difficulty hearing some of the other dialogue with any of the other side characters, uh, any of the other mutants, right? Like they, it was sometimes it was hard to hear them in the mix and like Superfly at the, at the end, he was saying things that I couldn't really understand completely. Um, and, but, but I, but I liked, but I wanted to hear what they had to say when there there's like in the, the van and their the hey yas is playing they're all interacting with each other making jokes and quips and and they're trying to get the turtles to do things and i'm like i don't know what they're saying i don't know what wingnut just said i don't know what mondo gecko just just said and it's paul rudd i want to hear what he has to say all right you're not going to an amc theater are you no i'm going to a regal ah that's that may be your problem because in an AMC theater, <laughs> you get that sweet, sweet Nicole Kidman ad at the beginning, uh-huh. uh, where she she verifies that AMC makes makes movies better, uh, <laughs> and and heartbreak heartbreak feels good in a place like this. No, we have we have Regal where every movie starts off. This is an aside, but the, every movie starts off with. Uh, it's the same scene where people are going into the movie theater and they keep quoting movies. Right. And, and they go into the main theater and there's like the, the people are sitting down. These two couple comes in and this girl goes, Hey, you guys. And then it, it people are embarrassed. And then this guy walks up to uh, some people sitting down and he's holding, he has a, he has a satchel. He's like, it's not, it's not a, it's not a man, it's a man purse or whatever he says, right? The Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. And then some some guy says, "You can't sit here." And he says, "So you're saying there's a chance?" And it pisses Chelsea and I off every time because he says there's you can't sit here. You can't then there's like that's an absolute Travis, you can't sit yeah, here. You can't. Not maybe you can sit here. So you're saying there's a chance. No mother you know, I'm not saying there's a chance. That's what I want. That's what I want the ad to stop. And anyways, okay. So Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles, great film. Mm-hmm. That's good. What would you rate it on Letterbox out of five stars? I would. I would give. I would give it five stars. I told you I I loved it in chat. 
Is there anything you didn't like? The the thing that I didn't like the most, going back to the art style, is it's it's called Mutant Mayhem. And so there's lots of mutants. I was okay with with the mutant redesigns for for certain characters. Uh, uh, okay. The Bebop and Rocksteady looked look great. Uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily liked their characters, what I knew as a kid. I, I yeah, think, I, think they, okay I mean, it, they were but... kind of... They weren't heavily featured either, in my opinion. They weren't. But, yeah. They weren't as villainous as they were when we were kids. Um, so most most of the villains weren't right uh, with, with other than Superfly. Gen- was Genghis Frog a, a villain? I think technically. Well, I think there was like a whole group of frogs, and yeah, they were. I don't. I don't know that they were villains. Per right. Se. Right. 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 Um, Mondo, Mondo Gecko. Yeah, but Genghis Frog, I had the Genghis Frog figurine and, and the kid was like, when he was like, Genghis, Genghis Frog? I'm like, I, that's what I used to say it was. But no, it's Genghis Frog. He's like, that's a character? I'm like, yeah, I had that. Um, but anyways, the mutant re- redesigns, I liked those. Those are, those, are, those are cool. I liked all the mutants. The thing that was weird to me and I couldn't really get past was they made the humans all look super, super weird and made them all asymmetrical like where like one yeah. person's face looked like looked like an uh bulbous L shape instead of a like a head and that didn't yeah. seem like yeah. that didn't seem like somebody was being amateur that just looked like somebody intentionally drew a head weird and they're like let's keep it like that so i think those yeah. are my my issues with with human design almost, almost like when you try to draw like a little kid and then you end up doing it way too weird Mm -hmm. because you're like you're like overcompensating yeah um i i I get that um overall i don't think the art bothered me too much i i think maybe and i don't know if it's just because i'm going to too many movies right now (laughs) but um i was i was hoping for maybe just like i thought it was really good but i I felt like a lot of the movie was a retelling of their origin story. So I felt like, I guess, I guess I, the plot line just felt really like shallow. Like, yeah. I, like I know that they're turtles that hide in the sewers. I know that they were mutated with ooze and they're like the for whole first half of setup. Like I've known that for, for 30 something years. So then it was like, Oh, there's, this bad guy superfly and i i just, it just didn't feel as complex which is fine it's it is a kids movie yeah. too right but um i just i just think they could have gone a little bit further with that with that said there is a teaser a setup for a potential sequel to this film which they have that they have i am very lit. interested in they have green lit uh, a sequel already Oh, and, and and a I TV mean, it's, series. It's, what ninety five percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes? Ninety six. Yeah, before so, before it came yeah. out, they greenlit a sequel, and they announced that they're going to have a, a TV series for for it as well. Um, mm, as Bob Iger would tell you, those those TV series they dilute the IP. <laughs> that's that's what he would say. Um, but yeah, no, I I get I, I get that I get that I think I think part of it was for me the excitement for it, why I loved it so much was it was the first. Because I grew up with Ninja Turtles too, 
just like you, mm-hmm. that was that was my thing. I had yeah. all these Ninja Turtles. I loved them so much. When that first movie came out, I I I had to see it. And and <laughs> the Secret of the Ooze, Ninja Rap, all all that all that good all that good stuff. Go Ninja Go. Which that gets dropped in in the movie as well, which I thought was a a, a very nice little touch. <laughs> uh, but this is like the first Turtles film or Turtles property in well, I'll, I'll, there was a, the comic series, uh, the the Batman and Ninja Turtles. I, I like that. Yeah. I like the Last yeah. Ronin. Uh, that they that, apparently made a a movie of that cross that Batman Ninja Turtles crossover. They did. Yeah, I haven't, yeah. I, haven't I haven't watched it, but. Uh, have have this have the series part one anyway, but it's the first movie or animated thing that I'm like, this was good. This is this is this is I feel like what the Ninja Turtles should be when you recreate them when you when you bring them back into the world. And I look over yeah. at my 11 year old who loves tortoises and turtles anyway, and he's laughing and he's getting <laughs> like because he's on that tween edge. And he's getting some of the stuff that they're saying. Like that is that's like his friend group right there. That's him and yeah, his friends yeah. acting out <laughs> in the in the schoolyard, and just like that, that is so un- important and, and means a lot to me to to capture that magic for him at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, very cool. Well, excited for the sequel. Excited. I'm glad this movie is out. I'm glad that it's doing well. I'm I'm always happy when a, a a turtles film is doing well and uh yeah any other any other thoughts on this before we move on No I don't have any other thoughts on this this Travis I don't but I do want to say this everybody we're going to put an ad break in here right now so we'll be back yeah. in a second and, and when we co- when we come back <laughs> I will talk about the two movies that I watched that Brandon hasn't seen uh, so we'll be back right after this Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Cool. And then we're back. <laughs> now we're back. We're back. All right. Instantaneously so, for us. We're, we're, not, we're back. We, we just got done talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. But I I made a point to go and see Barbenheimer. And both, both of them. I, I, I know you haven't gone out and seen either of these yet. But as soon as we got back from Comic-Con immediately Sheena was like, we need to go see these movies. And I was like, I definitely want to see Oppenheimer. But I will go see Barbie. And, and, and mind <laughs> you, like Barbie, came, I, did Barbie come out the weekend of Comic-Con? I feel like it was that weekend, right? Um, they, they both came out in the same weekend. Both of those movies, right? Came out. But yeah. I think that I think they both came out the the weekend that we were yeah, at Comic-Con. I, th- I, th- I think so, because I saw some uh, some comic con uh cosplay of people in barbie costumes i definitely i definitely saw plenty of barbie cosplay uh, it opened july 21st yeah so that was that was smack dab in the middle of sdcc um so yeah so 
two of my kids had already gone to see Barbie and they loved it. I came home from San Diego. My wife's like, we have to go see Barbie. I was like, cool. Let me hop on Fandango, grab us some ticks. And then that next day, we went to the theater and we watched Oppenheimer. So, because there were no seats for Barbie, oddly enough. Um, and first, mo- I, first movie helmed by a female director to pass a billion dollars at the box office. Yes. Congratulations, Greta. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, sounds so disdainful. <laughs> Greta. Greta Gerwig. Um, no, I, the movie, the movie's great, and we'll talk about it in a moment. But I saw Oppenheimer first, so that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, as as a minor cinephile, I wanted to see it in a non digital format, if possible. Um, and I don't live anywhere close to a IMAX Ultra seventy millimeter whatever, or like the IMAX film version. So I did have a theater nearby that was showing the film in 70 millimeter. I thought that would be cool. See it on actual film. So we went and saw that uh, very long movie uh, as, as is is stated Uh, kind of complex and hard to follow in the beginning. The, The feedback I got from Sheena was she was, on the verge of getting lost. Like there was, there was so much happening because Christopher Nolan very quickly sort of flashes through the early stages of Oppenheimer's life and his college years and his early relationships. And, and I say he does that very fast, but it takes like an hour (laughs) to do it, but it's, it's just the pacing of it is very quick, but the film is beautifully shot. It is, um, very interesting that Oppenheimer is not a person from history that I knew much about or, or paid too much attention to, but this really pivotal point in human history, the process of developing this weapon and then its utilization and the impact of that on society, very heavy, very interesting Minimal special effects, like minimal computer generated effects, but very powerful mm-hmm. and interesting, both visually and um, yeah. So I, it's it's great. It's great. Like you really should see it, and I highly recommend seeing it on the big screen if possible. Just because the the scale of the film feels like if I was watching it at home or on a laptop or heaven forbid on like my iPhone, it just, <laughs> you just wouldn't get the same level of, you know, on, appreciation on your iPhone. Minimized mode <laughs> as you're talking yeah, picture to me. the picture as you scroll on X while riding on the trolley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With Dramamine. So you're sleepy as well. They're sleepy as well. No, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I, I do, I do, I do want to, I do want to see it. I've heard great things about it. I've heard that it is kind of dire and and de- depressing. I mean, which if that's if that's if that's the case, I feel like it makes sense. I know they don't go all the way. They don't show the effects of like what yeah. it, what actually happens I, with I, the bomb, but like, I, I mean, it's 
It it, it changed. I don't the know that of... I found it depressing per se. Huh. What did like, you? What did you find? It's it? it's heavy. It's intense. Right. It it highlights an aspect of humanity that is dark. Right. That we are competitive to a fault. <laughs> we will race to build the biggest, most devastating bomb so that we can have it before our enemy. And then once we have created said thing, like, it's hard not to use it. I think that's something, that was a conversation that she and I had after after leaving the theaters because she was a little confused about the utilization of the atomic bomb because they talk about, oh, like, Hitler was defeated like the germans have surrendered and that's what they were they're building the bomb to try and outpace the germans so that they would have one first and then the war in europe ended but they had this bomb and so then the they they expand on the conversation about okay now we have to shift to the pacific Japan says they're not going to surrender until they're defeated on their home soil, pretty much. We can either use these bombs and bring a swift end to the war or a long, drawn-out fight with Japan for a long period of time. And, and so even though the bomb wasn't built for Japan, it was used to try and bring a quick end to the war. I I'm not trying to be a nuclear apologist here. <laughs> I don't know that those decision makers fully understood the effects. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. And they decided, hey, let's drop two of them um, and and deal with the consequences later. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do like the way they dealt with those consequences after like and 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 Christopher Nolan leans into that a little bit and whether or not Oppenheimer Ever. really felt the way that he's portrayed or not or 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 any of those things um i i think he does a a, a good job of of dealing with the consequences in the film like when i say he christopher nolan dealing yeah. with got it, got it. the consequences of that so yeah all right well let's let's that it sounds it sounds it sounds heavy again i, I do want to see it um but i i kind of want to get a little bit heavier and yeah. and go in do you ever think about dying <laughs> let's let's talk let's talk about barbie this is this let's is talk a- about barbie the people that go out the on july 21st or the weekend of july 21st and went out and saw barbie and oppenheimer in the same day madness how are you still alive Just, <laughs> <laughs> absolute madness um here's what i'll say about barbie do you have any plans of seeing this film? Yeah, I want. I I, I want to see Bar. I want to see both of them. I want to see both good, of those movies. Good. I think you should. Um, the hype around Barbie is. I don't know if it's just like the best like PR marketing campaign ever, <laughs> or or what it what it was, but. I went and saw Barbie a good week and a half, I think, after it came out. Saw it on like a Tuesday night. And the theater was half 
full of people dressed in pink coming as groups, like event watching this movie. And so for me, I was like, a lot of these people can't like be coming for the first time. Like a lot of these people are here again yeah. to see this movie again. Right. And, and that for me, like when, a, when a movie has legs and it, and it, and it can last a long time and people are going to see it multiple times to me, my initial thought is always like, okay, this has to be a really good movie. It's got to, it's got to really just be like a, another tier above. So I think, I think my expectation, the bar for, the bar for Barbie was was really high, like going into it. I, I expected it to be an, an incredible film, mm -hmm. right? Which is weird to say out loud. <laughs> but the the movie's really good. I think I, I think I overhyped it a little bit for myself. Okay. So then my okay. expectations were sort of sort of un un unachievable, right? Sure. And the movies the movie is really funny i i and i haven't gone and watched just like a straight like comedy in the in the theaters in like a really long time so so it was it was fun to kind of watch a comedy with other people that are laughing there's there's a very I, this may be in the trailer but there's like a a really early scene like cuz the beginning of the film is going all through barbie land and how perfect life is in Barbie land for all these Barbies and Ken's not so much, but okay. And they're having like this choreographed dance party that night. And all of a sudden the uh, Margot Robbie's character is like mid dance goes, do you guys ever think about dying? And like the stark contrast of like this lively dance party to her just having this existential crisis I lost it. I was cracking <laughs> up. Like I thought it was hilarious. Um, and, and it starts to, and that sort of sets the, the movie in motion in terms of they've opened this weird rift. There's a lot like that doesn't make sense about how things work between the real world and Barb. And it's fine. You just have to suspend <laughs> that disbelief and, and, and go with it. Um, but the reality is like this movie goes from being like a straight comedy and and really funny to having a lot of heart talking about a lot of social issues um a lot of feminist issues and and I think it's uh it deals with patriarchy a lot and 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 can just just the the different ways that men and women experience the world I think is um is really interesting and the fact that they can they can have a movie like Barbie that deals with some of those issues yeah. in a, and, and not in like a lighthearted way. Like they, they lean into it. They really hmm. um, push that message. It, and in a way that I think is, is, is very well done. I, th I think, I think it's great. I'm, I'm extremely interested to see if we have an awards season <laughs> this year, right? Like, <laughs> If if Barbie, how, if Barbie how wins. this movie fits into different categories and what categories it gets nominated for, what categories it might win in, um, can, I, I, can it's you, just very it's very interesting. Can yeah. you can you can you picture a, a Barbie versus Oppenheimer best <laughs> best picture? <laughs> I 
I can see it. I can see both of them getting nominated, which is which is kind of crazy. But I mean, Oppenheimer definitely, definitely yeah, is going to get nominated. Yeah. Um. But I definitely th- like Barbie could, which is which is kind of wild. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's like t- usually like ten movies in that category anyway, so <laughs> yeah, they could they could throw Barbie in there. It's I mean, a billion dollars, like it's that's that's nothing. People that's, love the film. That's nothing yeah. to shirk a, a stone at. Shirk a stone, and and it it all but guarantees <laughs> that Mattel is going to make so many more movies. The Mattel Cinematic Universe is 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 on the way. It's yeah. Happening. Yeah, here, 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 here we go. I think they already started advertising a weird Barbie, a figurine. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the Barbie that that is always in the splits and has like <laughs> colored, like has marker on its face, Play, played by Kate McKinnon, cut. right? Kate McKinnon's great. I love Kate McKinnon just about everything, and she's she's phenomenal. Um, there's there's so many like cameos. And the the Kens in this movie like steal the show several times. Uh, it's I don't know. It's it's really good. It's really funny. Um, yeah, I all right. I, I I do not regret going to see it. High high praise from a a man <laughs> from a man <laughs> raised by women. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I I praise. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard I've heard good things about it. I've heard about uh, there's there, a, a speech evidently towards at least the end or the middle. Uh, that, yeah, that, about th- two thirds of the way through uh, America Ferreira's uh, yeah, monologue. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, that uh, has been getting some some press with like all the everybody on on set was crying that during that that period or something like that. Um, and so your your head nod confirms that that is a, a thing. Uh, so uh, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. I think that uh, I think it's, it's it's interesting, and I do I do want to see it, and I want to cry at Barbie, and I want to cry at Oppenheimer. So uh, I already cried at TMNT. So I'm trying to think if I cried during that movie. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I looked over at the, uh, the kid, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna leave me for the city." <laughs> uh, bonus, and I'm gonna go back to my letterbox for this. I I happened to randomly watch um a man called Otto oh, on uh, like Netflix or whatever. Tom Hanks, yeah. Whew. I cried big time not gonna, during that movie. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Big <laughs> time. Oh, I was a mess. I watched. I mess. watched. Um, werewolves within. <laughs> Uh, which is which is which is a great which is a great movie and it's you you won't you won't cry with it uh the new season of futurama is out good good stuff i think there's a new episode out so three episodes now what we do in the shadows there's a new season of that out uh, I, don't, I don't think you watched what we do in the shadows i think i watched season one i don't think i'm caught up though okay, okay. i should check that i should i should throw that on while i'm painting miniatures oh yeah, yeah you got one. you got you got so many yeah. seasons of that um, and, uh, I watched the first episode of black mirror, the new season of black mirror. And I, yeah. we did enjoy that episode of black mirror. I do recommend going out and checking that out. And that's all I've got. That's all I've got. Uh, Baldur's gate three is out, which is the first game with the D and D five E mechanics. Uh, that's what, that's what it uses. I, I was asked like three times today. If I got that game by different people, did you get it? I didn't. So. 
Did you get it? No, I didn't get it. Not yet. I'm supposed. I'm supposed to get it and then play with John. Mm. I guess I won't get it then. Me and John. Me and John Caulfield and my Just best the two friend. Of you. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. We, we won't talk. Oh, they did show the trailer for the new Exorcist movie. Oh, when yeah. I went and saw Oppenheimer. No chance. <laughs> I'm gonna see that movie. Yeah, oh my goodness. yeah. I, I've I've seen some people say that it uh, the um, I don't. I'll say Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but it's not him. It's another guy with three names like that who rewrote uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. <laughs> uh, he did. He and um, the guy from Righteous Gemstones, Foot Fist Way. Uh, wrote the first hallow the 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 second the most recent halloween remake uh you know he's he's the guy in in tropic thunder with the explosions the demolition guy um ah, damn it doesn't matter whatever this dude wrote the halloween and he did the the other two and so then he's going into exorcist and then like making a sequel to the exorcist and David Gordon Green. Yeah, there, there you go, there you go. And so the the concern is that he is he's not great, that he just wants to do remakes or he wants to do sequels, uh, but they're but they're not solid enough. Um, and so I I watched the trailer. And I'm like, this could be good. It could be good. But bringing back Ellen Burstyn, uh, as uh, Reagan's mom from the first film, I was like, oh, so she can do the exorcism thing? Eh, it seems weird. It seems weird. I'm not excited about it, needless to say, but I am reading the Exorcist novel. Now, transition. We talked about the art of the Ninja Turtles, Travis. I just want to I just want to do a shout out to all of the art that we've been doing for Make it so much art. The last the last couple of days, so for those maybe this is a, maybe this is a post show thing, but we've been doing post-it note slash square drawings every day for the month of August. And me, yeah. you, Chelsea, and and Chelsea's brother Robert, and it's been it's been fun. Who is destroying us artistically? By the way, he's so good. He is. He's so talented. Kudos, Robert. Kudos, kudos, indeed. Uh, I I keep telling him, you should put these on shirts and sell them immediately. And it 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 makes me want to on certain days steal my iPad back from my son <laughs> and grab my Apple pencil wherever it is and get back and procreate because a lot of these drawings, I am using Adobe Fresco, oh. which is, which is an, a drawing app um, for iPhone. So pretty much all of my digital drawings that I've done, I've been drawing with my finger, oh. like the tip <laughs> of my finger, which is not the best way to draw. And <laughs> Arguably. And so, yeah, that's a thing where I'm like, I'm not giving my best. So we talked about that, the art style of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and how it's like intentionally like messy and stuff. I've like leaned into that with some of these drawings where like I'll be coloring in a shape and then I'll like intentionally like color outside the lines in uh -huh. certain places or like let it bleed over. And I'm like, yeah, this is a stylistic choice because of my artistic <laughs> uh, emphasis. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I, I we, 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 we went over to Robert's house last night after our dinner and I was like, I was like, Robert, like, how do you like, how, how are you coming up with this? Like we had a conversation about like coming up with ideas and, and, and drawing. I'm, I'm doing pencil on post-it notes 
and like erasing whenever I make mistakes and stuff like that. He's using Procreate as well. And uh, as you know, not as well, he's using Procreate yeah. mainly. And so he was showing me, he was, he was showing me like this, here's the, the, the stop motion of like me starting with at, from, from scratch, a blank slate to how it's getting to my idea. And it's so interesting to watch the, the, the stop motion of like going through ideas and uh, 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 I'm doing this. I don't know. Maybe make these characters smaller, blah, blah, blah. And you got layers in procreate as well. Yeah. And, um, I just, I just, it's so, so, so cool that I'm like, Oh, maybe I should, maybe I should fix Chelsea's iPad, uh, the broken one with the screen and, and, and get a pen and do that type of stuff. But yeah, because yeah, like I'm, I'm with you. It kind of makes me be like, man, that's, that looks really, really good. And that's it's really talented yeah. coming where what he's doing, and I was like, yeah. I know with I have a threadless business card with a VP of. Have you have you emailed that guy yet? No, not until I, Robert okay. makes more art, and then I'll uh, wrap no, him. We're gonna we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a post show meeting about that. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. But anyways, um, speaking speaking stuff. of post shows, um, if you want to if you want to see any of our art, you can follow our personal. Instagrams. Uh, I'm at Juggalmino. He's at Barnyard Cruise. Um, you can you can see uh, the stuff that that we're making out there. Uh, Brandon's pretty much sharing everybody's stuff in his stories, so you can fo- follow him. And uh, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. We're gonna go record a Patreon only post show. Maybe we'll show some of that artwork in in the actual post show, and then uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll go from there. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for for downloading this episode. We really do appreciate it. And until next time, I'm Travis. And I'm Brandon. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, and I want to see Haunted Mansion. Not going to happen. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.